Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Judges, chapter 16, verses 4 through 22. Hear now the word of the Lord. After this, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The lords of the Philistines came to her and said to her, Coax him and find out what makes his strength so great and how we may overpower him so that we may bind him in order to subdue him, and we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me what makes your strength so great, and how you could be bound so that one could subdue you. Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings that are not dried out, then I shall become weak and be like anyone else. Then the lords of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not dried out, and she bound him with them. While men were lying in wait in an inner chamber, she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he snapped the bowstrings as a strand of fiber snaps when it touches the fire. So the secret of his strength was not known. Then Delilah said to Samson, You have mocked me and told me lies. Please tell me how you could be bound. He said to her, If they bind me with new ropes that have not been used, then I shall become weak and be like anyone else. So Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. The men lying in wait were in an inner chamber, but he snapped the ropes off his arms like a thread. Then Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell, you, tell me how you may be bound. He said to her, if you weave the seven locks of my head with the web and make it tight with the pin, then I shall become weak and be like anyone else. So while he slept, Delilah took the seven locks of his head and wove them into the web and made them tight with the pin. Then she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled away the pin, the loom, and the web. Then she said to him, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me three times now and have not told me what makes your strength so great. Finally, after she had nagged him with her words day after day and pestered him, he was tired to death. So he told her his whole secret and said to her, A razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, then my strength would leave me, and I would become weak and be like anyone else. When Delilah realized that he had told her his whole secret, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, This time come up, for he has told his whole secret to me. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands. She let him fall asleep in her lap, and she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. He began to weaken, and his strength left him. Then she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. When he awoke from his sleep, he thought, I will go out as at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. So the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes. They brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles, and he ground at the mill in the prison. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, 
that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our coming Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. We are continuing this morning in our Advent sermon series, Harbingers of the Savior, as we look at people in the Old Testament who act as types of the Savior who was to come. Now this morning, our harbinger is a bit more of an anti-type. After all, there is perhaps no more disappointing figure in the Old Testament than Samson. He had everything going for him. He was easily one of the most gifted people in all of Scripture, as God had given him incredible abilities to use to save and to lead God's people. Samson's feats of strength were legendary. He broke free from every bomb that tried to hold him. He tore apart a lion with his bare hands, and with the jawbone of a donkey, he single-handedly slew a thousand Philistines who came to kill him. Samson was the biblical version of Hercules. And by the time Samson comes on the scene, things were looking pretty dire in Israel. The Philistines were oppressing the Israelites. People were turning away from God, worshiping idols and following their own desires. But just when everything appears to be lost, something extraordinary happens. An angel of the Lord appeared to a barren woman and tells her that she will conceive and give birth to a son. He is to be a Nazarite, one who is consecrated or set apart for the Lord. He is never to consume any alcohol or go near a dead body lest he become defiled. And oh yeah, he is never to cut his hair. Well, sure enough, just as the angel had said, the woman miraculously conceives and gives birth to a son whom she names Samson. And the text tells us that the boy grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir him. At last, it seemed that things were going to turn around for Israel. For the Lord had finally sent them a judge who would turn the people back to God and free them from their oppressors. A savior who would lead them into righteousness and bring about peace. Unfortunately, Samson turned out to be the original dumb jock. All brawn and no brains. He was never really much of a team player. Instead, he was utterly self-absorbed, mainly using his Herculean strength just to carry out personal vendettas. And he violated the, the conditions of his Nazarite status at just about every turn. Well, except for one thing. He never cut the hair. 
But he also never made any attempt to lead his people back to the Lord or to liberate them from the oppression of the Philistines. In fact, he himself mixed and mingled with the Philistines quite frequently. He even developed a fateful obsession with their women. When Samson was a younger man, he demanded that his father go and get a certain Philistine woman for him as a wife because she looked good in his eyes. Despite his parents' protest that he ought to marry a, an Israelite woman, Samson just had to have her. Well, during the seven-day marriage feast, Samson challenged the Philistine men there to a riddle that none of them could possibly have answered. So the Philistines went to Samson's wife and threatened to kill her and her family if she didn't discover the answer for them. So she immediately went to work on Samson, trying to pry out of him the answer to his strength. She wept, she nagged, she questioned his love for her. And for three days, Samson held out against her hounding. But on the fourth day... Samson finally gave in and revealed to her his secret. And after she revealed it to the Philistines, Samson was forced to pay up. So he went out and murdered 30 men so that he could take their clothes to use as payment for the lost bet. Well, then Samson abandoned his wife because of her betrayal. But later he changed his mind and, and came back for her, only to discover that she had now been given to another man. Well, Samson became furious and he set fires to the Philistine fields, destroying their grain and their vineyards. When the Philistines learned about it, they went and killed his wife and her father. And so Samson then went and killed all those responsible in revenge for the murder of his wife. Back and forth, back and forth, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You hurt me, I hurt you more. Some things never seem to change, do they? Our world is still caught in this vicious cycle of strike and strike back, be it between nations or neighbors or family members or even Christians. Of course, Jesus had some rather unambiguous things to say about that kind of behavior, did he not? But like Samson, we never seem to learn. As the years go by, Samson's obsession with Philistine women remains and it continues to put his life at risk and prevent him from fulfilling his calling. But every time he gets himself into trouble, trouble, he just relies on his great strength to bail him out. The text often says that the, the spirit of the Lord would come upon him, filling him with the power that he needed to prevail. But Samson never used that great power and ability to fulfill his calling as a judge. Instead, he only used it for his own selfish ends. Samson was given great charisma 
but he always misused it. Did you know that you also have charisma? You see, charisma comes from the Greek word charis, which means grace. And so to be charismatic is simply to be grace-gifted. And there are so many grace gifts here among us. I mean, for some, it, it might be professional training and experience. For others, uh, specialized knowledge and, and skills. Some of you have a, a great compassionate heart or, or a sharp discerning mind or the desire to serve other people. Some of you have a wonderful gift for hospitality. Others with great material resources that allow us to, to grow as a church and to make a difference in this world for the sake of Jesus. We all have different gifts to be sure, but, but every one of us has been grace gifted by the Holy Spirit. And that means that all of us are charismatic and that Believe it or not, this is actually a charismatic church. Can I get an amen? <laughs> See, I told you. No one's going to believe it. They still think we're the frozen chosen. But we are charismatic. The question is, what are we doing with our grace gifts? Are we using them in service to God's kingdom as they were intended? Or are we using them just to serve our own ends, to satisfy our own desires, and to fan our own egos? Our grace gifts were intended to be our greatest strength. But strength misused always becomes weakness. Enter... Delilah, the final object of Samson's obsessive obsession with Philistine women. Once again, Samson just had to have her. And once again, the Philistines approached Samson's girl, this time to discover the answer to the riddle of his great strength. And just as his first wife had done, Delilah begins her quest to discover Samson's secret. Three times she tries to bind him and betray him. But three times when the Philistines arrive, having lied about the true source of his strength, Samson always breaks free. Now you would think, after three attempts on his life, Samson would get a clue. You'd think he would wisen up and get rid of Delilah for her clear betrayal. You'd think that he would remember another beautiful young woman who tried to pry out of him his secret and how that turned out. But by this point, Samson is already lost. After years of indulging his every selfish urge and taking whatever he wanted because he could, Samson was now a slave to his desires. He was now 
too weak to resist. So when, for the fourth time, Delilah nagged him and questioned his love for her, he finally gave in and revealed his secret. And after lulling him to sleep, she had all of his hair cut off and all of his strength with it. So that Delilah was now in complete control over the mighty Samson. The truth is, somewhere in each of our lives, Delilah is seeking to gain control. You see, Delilah is whatever it is in your life that you crave and desire, but that comes at a cost you cannot afford to pay. Delilah is whatever it is that you think you cannot live without, but that is slowly killing you to live with. For some of us, like Samson, it might be lustful desires that consume us. For others, it might be uh, workaholism or alcoholism or driving ambition or greed for more money. It could be your, your need to always have your way or your need to always be right. It might be your eating habits or your spending habits because you just have to have it. Maybe it's an anger raging inside of you that you refuse to set down even though it's slowly eating you up from the inside out. Or maybe it's just a hurt that you have tended and nurtured for so long you don't even know who you would be without it anymore. Whatever Delilah is for you, she is slowly sapping the life out of you. She destroys relationships, shatters dreams, and prevents you from using your spirit-given grace gifts as God intended. And she subtly, relentlessly lulls you to sleep to what is happening in your life. Well, by the time Samson wakes up from his Delilah-induced sleep and realizes what is happening, it is already too late. He thought he could just use his grace gift one more time to bail him out, just as he always had, but Delilah's control was now complete, and she had taken away his strength. And just as Delilah always does, she betrayed him into the hands of his enemies. So the Philistines capture Samson, they gouge out his eyes, and they force him into hard labor. Delilah always leads us down the path to destruction. She promises so much, it delivers so little. And yet if we allow her to hang around, her relentless nagging and constant temptation will eventually wear us down and lull us into a deadly sleep, just as she did to Samson. Still, I've often wondered why Samson told her his secret 
knowing that it could cost him his life. You know, maybe, maybe he had just become so arrogant over the years he just thought he was invulnerable. Maybe. I think the reason he told her was that after a lifetime of, of chasing women, indulging his every desire, living only for himself, and fighting to stay alive, all the while keeping this great secret, Samson was just desperate for somebody to truly know him. The emptiness and the loneliness of his self-absorbed life left him tired to death, dying for intimacy and meaning. But Delilah can never satisfy our yearning for intimacy or love or acceptance or purpose. She is but a false god who slowly destroys our grace gifts. Only by, by turning back to the God who made us, who gave us the gift of his Holy Spirit, and who knows us intimately in Jesus Christ. Only then can we find the intimacy and the love and the acceptance and the purpose that we're all dying for. And only when we start living our lives for Jesus, can our relationships and our jobs and our money and all of our other blessings find their appropriate God-given places in our lives and not become Delilah's? I'm sure many of you remember how Samson's story ends. The Philistines took him down to the temple of their God and they made him perform there for their entertainment. But eventually, Samson's hair began to grow back and with it, his strength. So one day, Samson stretched his arms out wide. He placed his hands on the pillars of the temple and pushed with all of his might and with spirit-given strength. He brought down the entire building, killing everyone inside, including himself. More than a thousand years later, another woman would be visited by an angel and she too would miraculously conceive and give birth to a son who was also sent to save his people. This man would also be filled with the Holy Spirit and he would be tempted by every Delilah in Satan's arsenal yet without sin as he never moved one inch from the purpose to which he had been called. And when he was betrayed into the hands of his enemies by one he loved, he would also stretch his hands out wide. But where Samson sacrificed his own life to take the lives of his enemies, this only son 
would sacrifice his life in order to give life to the whole world, including his enemies, including you. And it is only when you discover the sufficiency of the love of Jesus Christ in your life and surrender your life to him will you ever be truly free from Delilah. So do not wait until it is too late to wake up to the Savior's purpose for your life.